the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We are saved by grace through faith. And it is that faith that we are exploring today as the Apostle Paul dives into it a bit deeper here in Romans chapter 4. Join us for Abounding Grace and Pastor Gary Wagner. From Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose, this is Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner. Hi there. Welcome to our program. Today we are continuing our journey through Romans, and we're in chapter 4, looking at verses 19 through 25. It's here the Apostle Paul explores for us and with us this understanding of faith, exactly what it is and what it does. Faith looks to God's power and faithfulness. That's the title of our message today. Here's Pastor Gary with this edition of Abounding Grace. The Holy Spirit does not want us to leave Abraham quite yet. God made some incredible promises to Abraham, and at the top was his promise, that of Abraham's seed, which he had at some level knew to be Christ, the coming Savior, through that seed, righteousness would not only come to him, but to all the nations. Now, Abraham, when he looked over his life, it was like a cemetery. It was 100 years old, no children. His wife, beautiful though she was and still may have been, she was 90 and she was barren. Here was an occasion when Abraham looked at himself and ridiculed and tormented himself, and Satan in the flesh said, Abraham, you're right. Well done. After all, you left your homeland and you ventured your entire future on the bare word of God. And look at you now. Where has it gotten you, Abraham? You're a hundred years old and you might as well be dead. Dead womb, dead life, no heir. Now Abraham's response, notice in verse 19, in two times the deadness is emphasized his own dead body. It's interesting there in verse 19, now dead is in the perfect tense in Greek, which almost gives you the idea that Abraham was a corpse. I mean, the death was so final in his own life. Sarah's womb was dead, and yet he was not weak in his faith. Why? Because he didn't look at his own body. He didn't look at the deadness of Sarah's womb. We see when God gave Abraham a promise, faith's response to that promise said, it doesn't matter what I have seen with my eyes. It doesn't matter what my circumstances are. It doesn't matter how violently Satan opposes God's word. It doesn't matter how weak I am It doesn't matter if I'm dead. God has 
spoken. And notice that because God had spoken and Abraham knew it, verse 20, he did not stagger at the promise of God through unbelief. Interesting verb here. The idea means to be divided within oneself, kind of like perhaps we are at times. It wasn't like one minute Abraham was, hey, yeah, maybe this is going to work out. And then the next minute, no way, despair, unbelief, distrust. No, Abraham was strong in his faith. But I want to emphasize to you very carefully in verse 20, but was strong. He was strengthened. And it is a perfect tense verb again. It, also, it is also passive, which means that it wasn't a strong faith that Abraham was able to conjure up himself. Abraham's faith was strengthened from the outside. In other words, it was God. Who strengthened him. Abraham said. I looked at my own life. There was nothing but weakness. There was nothing but death. So Abraham as weak as he was. Cast himself upon the promise of God. He cast himself upon the mercy of God. And he said. I can't see how this seed is going to come. But it doesn't matter. My eyes don't define reality. God's word does. Therefore, I'm going to trust him. What strengthened his faith was the word of God. When he cast himself upon the promise of God, though in himself he was weak, a weak body, weak circumstances, he was strong because he was strengthened in faith. And in verse 20, he was able to give glory to God. Now, that's kind of an odd place for that little phrase to appear. Well, listen closely. In few other places do we glorify God as when we turn our eyes away from what we see or from our own reason and from our own experience and we trust His Word and we do what He says. Now, whenever we hear preachers or whenever you young people or your parents say, we need to live for God's glory. You might think of David Livingston and other missionaries that go all around the world and do wondrous things. But in that, we need to remember Abraham lived in a tent in the desert. There were no cameras rolling on Abraham's life. Life in the desert is, of course, not a glamorous life. It's not fun. And yet here at this place, Abraham said, I am a dead man. My wife, she has never had a baby. Her womb is dead. She's 90 years old. And even apart from the physical limitations, how can a seed come from us that is going to bring righteousness to the nations? How can the Messiah Come from us, he asks. Abraham said, I've, I've got to look away from that. I'm, going, no, I'm not going to focus on that at all. I'm going to look at what God has said. That's how he gave glory to God in that desert. Abraham said, 
God's word is true, eternal in the heavens, and God's word is fixed. So here is a good question for us. Are our lives being lived to the glory of God? Is your life, men, being lived to the glory of God? Do you trust God's promises? You may be going through a difficult time in your family life right now. You may be in a spiritual desert. There may be rebellion. You may be struggling. But do you believe God's promises? If you cast yourself upon those promises like Abraham, God will strengthen you and you will glorify Him. Mothers, you too. Young people, you too. Everything seems so unreal in our world. Unless, of course, it's on our phone or on some screen or from some talking head. But God says, my word is what defines your reality. Trust me. You know, God has made the church, 1 Timothy 3.15, the pillar and the ground of the truth. Now, we may think our lives are insignificant, and individually, they are, in terms of the whole world. But together, the whole church scattered throughout various corners of God's vineyard, give witness to God's truth, and it counts for a great deal, my friends. In fact, you might say, One of the reasons our own nation is turned away from the truth is because the church did it first. The church turned away from God's truth. We allowed all kinds of doubt to enter in from the supposed theological experts, you know, from Germany in the 1800s. And then we allowed our old catechisms and confessions to fall by the wayside. And to be twisted by liberal snakes within the body of Christ, wolves in sheep clothing. And then we allowed alien powers to enter into the church. The Rockefellers of this world, the National Council of Churches, and other groups who did, among other things, their most devastating work by turning the eyes of God's people to our weakness, which is the word of men, and turning our eyes away from the only thing that can make faith strong, and that is God's eternal, living, and powerful word. Now, we can't give glory to God and the world very clearly any longer, because many of our worship services are like a circus. When various news organizations interview a Christian to get the flavor de jour of an issue, They go to the big seminaries that were stolen and raped and pillaged by Satan and his wolves like Duke University and Emory, like Princeton and like Yale. Why? Because the church did not give glory to God at this most fundamental point. We cannot question God's word. We cannot doubt anything that has come out of his precious truth. Let the most learned man. Come and stand before the lectern in a seminary 
And if he gives me a theory that leads me away from God's eternal truth, I will stick my fingers in my ears and close my eyes, and I will confess with all the righteousness of every age, let God be true and every man a liar. But that's the way over on the East Coast, is it not? Nothing we have to worry about. Oh, no. It's actually in downtown San Francisco. It's right here in San Jose. So let's bring it closer to home. Are you giving glory to God in your life by believing without any doubt, without any doubt, God's truth? Believing God's truth about your family, about your children, about his provision for you in your life? You see, it's not only the promise of imputed righteousness that we have. That's the fundamental one. But from that, all of God's other blessings and promises flow to us through Christ. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 1.20, In Christ, all of God's promises are yes and amen. Some of these things... We can't possibly see how they will be fulfilled. And yet, as God's people, we give glory to God in our lives, in our families, and in our congregation. We give glory to God in these places primarily by yielding trust, obedience, and allegiance to what God has said. And if that is not there, We can spin our wheels trying all kinds of other push-button ways to fix our lives, to fix our families, to fix our bodies, to fix our nation or whatever else may be broken. But it won't do any good because God's glory is trampled in the dust. And because we turn away from believing His word, He is not going to bless us in any other areas in our lives. Because as hard as it is for me and you to believe, God cares about His truth more than He cares about anything else. Now granted, we have to be careful when we make these kinds of statements about God because I'm merely animated clay. I'm a worm, I'm a dust, and I'm in ashes. But when He says... In Psalm 132, 138.2, that he, he has exalted his truth above his own name. And then we have to do justice to that fact that God will be honored here before anywhere else when men yield to his word. And wasn't that Satan's point of attack in the garden? Isn't that the point of attack in many, many seminaries, especially over the last hundred years? Can you trust God? Has God really said? Yes. And that must be our final word. God has spoken. So if you're looking for ways to glorify God in your life, would you like for the holy fire to come down off of God's altar in heaven and Consume your life with his glory. Would you like that? Well, it must. By the way, unless you are baptized with the Holy Spirit and with fire, you have no part in God's kingdom. 
but this isn't to be understood in terms of, you know, doing cartwheels down the aisles and speaking in foreign languages that you've never heard before or barking like a dog. It's understood primarily here that the miracle of the gospel, the miracle of the new birth, the miracle of the outpoured spirit is that God takes our stony, unbelieving hearts and he crushes them. And he writes upon our new hearts that he gives us his living word so that we become teachable in the day of our Lord's power. So if you want to glorify God this week, fathers, mothers, husbands, wives, young people, businessmen, students, politicians, scientists, if you want to glorify God, you must begin here with this. What God has spoken is eternal truth. It doesn't matter what we see with our eyes. What he says defines all reality. And notice, when we give glory to God in this way, verse 21, faith is strengthened in another way. He gives us full assurance. I would like never to have a doubt. Have you ever had a doubt? I have. But I would like to never have a doubt. How do we get this full assurance? Like Paul says about it in Hebrews 6.11. That we maintain the full assurance of faith to the end. Well, we have to lay down any doubts we may have of God. And trust his word alone. And then notice the second half of verse 21. Look to his power. When I think of God's promises to me, I know I can't do it. I can't bring those promises to pass. Abraham looked at himself and he couldn't do it. Sarah couldn't do it. But God does do it. See, here is a very important part of faith. Faith looks away from what we think, what we experience, what our circumstances are, and it looks at the power of God and His faithfulness, that what He promised, He is indeed able to perform. We need to let that sink in for just a second. God has promised that the nations, the nations, not just America, but the nations will be discipled to Christ. He promised to his son in Isaiah 2 that all the nations would flow into Mount Zion and be taught his law. He promised to his son in Isaiah 9 that all of the increase of his government and peace, there will be never, there will never be an end. <coughs> he promised in Isaiah 11 that his son would have the fullness of the Holy Spirit and that under his reign, the whole earth, will be filled with the knowledge of God's glory as the waters cover the sea. He promised in Isaiah 52 that because Christ humbled himself and became obedient unto death, that he would be exalted and extolled very high, and that he would divide the portion with the strong and the spoil with the mighty. He has made all of these promises to you and to me. And we've seen little fragments of it 
fulfilled in our lives. Can God really keep these promises, though, now in 2021 with all of our technology, with all of our prowess, our our knowledge, our, our science? All of these things seem to have pushed God and His promises far away. But remember the flood. Because God laughs at all men's attempts to overturn His promises. And now He laughs because He has set His Son upon His holy hill in Zion. So look to the Son of God. He is the living Word. All of God's promises are yes And amen to him. They will come true, beloved. Your own forgiveness? Do you mean to tell me that you're going to be forgiven? Well, you don't even know a smidgen of what your sins truly are. Not God, but God is going to forgive them all. If you look to his son, you in your weak body. Some of us are getting older. Some of us more than others. And we're starting to feel aches and pains. The desolation is coming, beloved. We here in our culture, no, no, no. If you'll do this, you will. No. Every ache and pain, every weakness of the body is a sign that the golden bowl is cracking under pressure. And that the silver cord will soon be broken. And God is going to raise this body from the dead. And I could go on and on thinking of all these promises that God has made. And we have to go to verse 21. For whatever God has promised, faith says, he is able to do it. By the way, this is the kind of faith that animates prayer. One of the reasons why our times in prayer are often lifeless, even though we go through all of the motions, is because we forget. God has made promises that he fully intends to fulfill. And that he's already, that has all power joined with holy intentions to fulfill. So what is prayer? Is prayer continually telling God, I want this. God, I want a wife. Please give me a husband. God, please, I need a better job. God, please get rid of my husband. God, please get rid of my wife. Whatever it may be. This is what I want, God. No wonder our prayers are a mockery. Prayers need to be focused on what God has promised and for his power to fulfill his holy word. Now notice in verse 22, the conclusion Paul draws from this, and therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. Now about 10 times in chapters 3 and 4, Paul comes back to this point, because this really is his main point. Abraham's faith laid hold of God's promise of righteousness Because in Isaac, it was a promise that God would fulfill the greater promise to bring through Isaac the seed, the Lord Jesus Christ. Abraham understood that Isaac in the land of promise was not about cattle, earthly blessings, as if our faith simply consisted of having everything we could want in this life. 
all of these promises have as their center, their beating heart, God's promise to justify us. His promise to declare us righteous through the righteousness of another. Of course, the Lord Jesus Christ. And notice this righteousness was imputed to Abraham. In other words, it was given to him. It was credited to him through faith. Faith that said, I may not see how this can come about, but God has spoken. I've heard people say, how could God ever forgive this? How could God ever forgive and cleanse this? How could God ever make me righteous? My sins are just too great. What I have done is just too terrible. Well, you have to understand, God doesn't measure what he can or will do by how bad or evil you have been. When God makes a promise to save us through the Lord Jesus Christ, he would have us look away from our weakness and even our sinfulness and flee to the cross because God says that is what we must do to be saved. Well, that's all the time we have today. This has been Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. If you'd like to review today's broadcast, we would invite you to contact us for a copy of the program. They're available for just $5. Mention today's date and we'll send a CD your way. Here's where to write to us. PMB number 402, 1484 Pollard Road. That's in Los Gatos, California. The zip code is 95032. Again, that's PMB number 402, 1484 Pollard Road. Los Gatos, California, 95032 is that address. Our phone number, if you'd rather call, 408-866-5607. That's 408-866-5607. Our website is reformedheritage.org, and if you'd like to join us for worship, Sunday services are at 2 p.m. We meet at the Lone Hill Church on 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. Directions at our website, reformedheritage.org, or again call 408-866-5607. Thank you for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you next time we get together as we continue our studies in God's Word. Until then, may Christ be your abounding grace. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.